0: Welcome to Life and Inside Job. Today I'm talking to nutritional therapist Severine Manem about what sort of things you can eat to reduce or get rid of menopause symptoms before you start even thinking about taking supplements. It's just so easy to fall for the marketing when you're in a health food shop to buy um, supplements and grab a pill and pop it down in the hope that it'll make things easier but there are far cheaper and more sustainable and more effective ways of getting all the nutrients you need as Severin describes in this interview. Severin is a menopause specialist and a health coach and a nutritional therapist for women over 40 who are struggling with menopause symptoms and she's also a menopause trainer for corporates who are looking to establish initiatives and support their female talent and to retain them and to help them perform at their best. And She's in her late 40s, so she totally knows what she's talking about from the inside. And she got rid of and, and or reduced her menopause symptoms and hypothyroidism through diet and lifestyle changes. Just a a small warning for vegans and vegetarians. This is literally a meaty podcast. There is steak involved in this. So I'm really sorry. All the veggies and vegans out there, you may not want to listen to this one and you're going to have to wait a little while. But don't be cross because I have a really special guest coming up soon who's going to tell you all about how to eat well as a vegan and vegetarian for menopause. So um, first of all, I'd like to thank you for all the amazing quantity of output that you have on your YouTube channel and the resources on your website and your Instagram. There is a fin- you offer a phenomenal amount of really helpful, grounded information uh, for nothing.
1: <laughs> what? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think I think it's not for nothing because I'm able to do that because people have inspired me to do that. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to inspire other women to look after their health, or other practitioners to just help their their clients too. Mm,
0: I think it's working. I, I was I was yeah I was just knocked out by um, how um, in depth it was actually. There's a tendency to have to offer sort of superficial sound bites. And I really, I was really planned and like, all oh, right, I could really digest and go deeper with, with some of the information. It was really helpful. Made me
1: think. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't realize it was so much in depth, but yeah. Oh, yeah. It's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. I really like
0: it. Something I'm often asked is um, about whether. Somebody in perimenopause should take supplements. There's a lot of yeah. confusion about it. Yeah, and um, and I, in my personal looking after my health, I find it overwhelming. Mm-hmm. The the complexity and all the different information is really overwhelming. So I thought I would someone who knows ask someone who knows this knows this stuff.
1: <laughs> yes, it's. Um... I think it's a minefield, supplementation for menopause. It's really a minefield. Especially because now it's like every single lab is is launching a range of supplements for menopause or perimenopause. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, why? I mean, all this offering is just for us. So why shouldn't I try? And supplementation is not as easy as it seems uh, because first it's, it's to supplement a diet. So for me, it's like if the diet is not right, the supplement or the supplement, the supplement or the supplements are unlikely to have an effect.
0: Okay, say that again. If the diet, I'm going to say it, if the diet is not right. Yes. And the supplements are unlikely to have an effect.
1: Yes. And actually, it's not just the diet, because it's also sleep, it's also movement. It's also stress management. These, these four things work together.
0: So do you mean that you have to sort your diet and your sleep and your mm. movements before it's even worse looking at supplements?
1: And and stress management. And
0: stress. Oh, oh I forgot that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, stress is a big one, actually. I forgot
0: that. How interesting. <laughs> yes,
1: yes. Well, I wouldn't say we have to sort it out, but we have to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. And then as we work on one thing, it will improve something else, usually. So from the moment you're doing something, I think, okay, fine, using supplementation might help. But if you're using supplementation instead of doing anything else, it's unlikely to work. It's not like a magic pill, you know, like antibiotics. You've got something and you take antibiotics and it goes away. it's it's much it's a much milder approach and and so you have to know what supplements you need to take for what you have and be sure that what you take is the right answer to your problem which is not necessarily the case you have to have the right dosage the right form of supplementation to take it at the right time of the day uh, know how long you need to take it for, and you know if it interacts with other medication or the supplementation. So these make it very complicated. So is there any
0: <laughs> chance of anybody getting anything right? No, without professional, without professional help. Like, I'm like, oh. Well, it, <laughs> I'm lying on my back, waving my arms and legs in the air. It's like I'm never going to get that
1: right. <laughs> if 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 he, without any knowledge, I think it's it's. It it may happen, but it, it's it's highly unlikely in the end. Okay. And also, supplementations nowadays, especially for everything menopause, you know, it is not just vitamins, minerals. It in, uh, involves herbs and, and omega three and so on. So usually, <clears throat> women take other medications. So you really have to make sure that it doesn't interact. For example, you know, some herbs are really good for menopause, but they're really bad for the peel. Right. In the sense that they don't protect protect from uh, becoming pregnant. So mm. on one hand, you might you know improve your symptoms, but on the other hand, you might create other problems and get pregnant and, and so on. So it's um, it's yeah it's tricky. But tricky. I really want to remain positive. Supplements do help. Okay. It's just so that- can we can we circle back right
0: mm-hmm. to the beginning and talk about what the right food is? Just just. Just a rundown.
1: Okay, for me, the right food is first water. It is or it isn't a food, but for me, well done. For me, it's (laughs) just. I'm just
0: raising my glass.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I I just had a sip and realized, you know, actually my bottle was empty. Anyway, so (laughs) water is really the basis of everything. Our body is mainly water, and water is is used for so many, so many um, pathways and, and And we really need water just for digestion, for lubrication of the joints, for, I I don't know, I'm not going to list them all, but it's really the basis. And water is not liquid, which is sometimes that is really confusing because a lot of women drink a lot of tea or coffee or or juice. Juicing is a big one at the moment, but it's not the same as water. So we need to make sure that we hydrate our body enough and it's throughout the day as well because sometimes we forget I mean some people they forget to drink you know throughout the day and then they realize at the end of the day their bottle is completely full and it's just just you know have the whole thing in half an hour it's not what we're meant to do and then you know they wake up during the night so for me water is really the basis of everything and once you drink enough water typically you know you sleep better you have less headache you you are less hungry you are more energized. Lots of benefits you wouldn't imagine is just down to water. So first one. The second one is to have more protein, especially as we're getting older. I think women try to avoid proteins for some reason. Um, I, I'm not sure why, but that's from my experience with my clients. And, and protein, and especially protein from animal origin are very important um at this age because um yeah because it it's um it's it brings essential amino acids and i know there is this whole tendency to go vegan and vegetarian and and that could be good but it create deficiencies and and taking just beetroot or iron is not necessarily, is not necessarily going to uh, offset the fact that other minerals or amino acids mm. are in the meat and not you know, in your supplementation.
0: If, if, or when you have a vegetarian or vegan client, what sort of protein do you recommend
1: they take? That's the thing. Now I don't take on board vegan or vegetarian clients. Right, okay. Yeah, I've come to the point where I really want to offer the best service and for me, it's not in my belief that being vegan or vegetarian is is the best, um, is the best form of diet. So it doesn't mean that it can't be right for them. It means that I'm, I'm just a wrong health practitioner to help them. Okay. Because okay. I really emphasize it's important to eat meat or fish or eggs. And, and, and that's why, you know, there are so many nutritionists who can help better than me okay. in that case. Okay
0: so we have um uh, we're drinking water throughout the day Mm -hmm. consistently yeah I always do that well done no actually I don't (laughs) I lie but it's 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 very human to forget you know your water bottles empty but the nice thing about hydration is that you can always have a glass of water you know yes, it's always always available
1: and I think When you manage to get the habit of starting the day with a large glass of water at room temperature, then the whole day is easier. It's better. It's better and easier. Exactly. it's true. Yeah, I absolutely agree. It's the hardest. I know that. But then once you're there, everything is easier. Mm.
0: So I'm hydrated. Mm -hmm. I have protein for breakfast. Protein for lunch. What else do I need to include
1: in my diet? Protein for dinner as well. Protein.
0: <laughs> you got me. Protein dinner in the evening.
1: And, and and in snacks. Basically, the idea is to get between 20 and 25 grams of proteins per meal. Okay. Uh, what else can you do? Okay, once you do, so the protein, I didn't say, but they, they are going to keep you full and prevent you from having these uh, sugar cravings and keep your energy levels really steady throughout the day. So that's why it's super important. Mm. And I think once you get there, you add that to your diet or you introduce and increase that to your diet, your food preferences will be completely different. Mm. So from that point, I think it's much easier to cut the crap. Mm-hmm. All the junk food, all the sweet food, the you know, all, everything we know t- is typically wrong for us. Mm-hmm. So that would be my third step. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I know um, I I was introduced to the idea of of protein being really important, that I should have more of it. And I feel a lot more steady and grounded.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and
0: are, are I think you... that that's to do with the blood sugar, I think, because I'm, I'm much less... <laughs> <laughs> yes i'm waving my arms in the air like a muppet <laughs>
1: mm. yeah it, 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 it's a tough one but uh, mm. it's especially more important as we're getting older as i mentioned this before because because we need to keep our bone health and muscle mass and that really contributes to it mm. on top of you know building neurotransmitters and your yeah, neurotransmitters and hormones um it's also in the building block of cells it is just an essential macronutrient. Mm.
0: anything else we should be uh, um we should be taking making a regular part of our
1: diet yeah you know the fruits and vegetables <laughs> the five a day but okay. it's been hammered so many times now we need, we know it's good for us so yeah. it's not like a new thing it's just like yeah yeah
0: emphasizing okay. the message yeah
1: and and the good fats. But again, I think the good fats is now in in the mainstream message. So that's much better.
0: And can you just say what those are in case somebody doesn't
1: know? Okay, good fats. So for me, good fats is um, oil, uh, as in um, olive oil, coconut oil, also olives, avocado, all the the oily fish. So salmon, mackerel, anchovy. (coughs) Salmon, sorry. (coughs) Salmon, mackerel, anchovy, herrings, sardines, mm. also tuna, fresh tuna, not, not tin tuna. Okay. And uh truth, I'm not sure what those are. Treats, treats, okay, <laughs> let's forget about that.
0: <laughs> and there isn't an issue with, with mercury in the fish.
1: Yes. Heavy metals. Yeah, the bigger the fish, the more likely there is to have uh, mercury because they are at the end of the food chain. Mm. So they still longer in the sea. And so accumulate. little
0: fishes are better. Can I still have, so I can still have anchovies?
1: Yeah, yeah, the perfect. I need tiny fish on your pizza, yes.
0: <laughs> okay, so I'm well hydrated. I'm having protein in my stack snacks stacks, in my snacks and three times a day in my meals um and healthy fats and lots of fruit and vegetables and i still feel like shit. <laughs> okay what well, is if... my next what is my next step? okay so so, so to, to define the shit, it would be say exhaustion and um a lack of joie de vivre
1: okay so once we've got all that right, I think I would look at the at the sleep. Okay. You, are you optimizing your sleep routine and your sleep hygiene? Mm-hmm. And I know there is this issue between menopause triggering sleep issues, um. And, but at the same time, I think a lot of sleep could be improved by just having a better gene, as in you know stopping all the blue blue lights like three hours before going to bed. Um, Having a really quiet evening, some some kind of really relaxing time, not having okay. In, t- in terms of diet, it's important what you eat before going to bed.
0: Oh, yes, what should I eat? There's a bedtime snack.
1: <laughs> bedtime, no, that's really bad. <laughs> it's bad, <laughs> yeah. It's bad. You should stop eating at like, two to three hours before going to bed and send, but I'll be oh.
0: hungry.
1: Well, then you're having the wrong dinner. <laughs> um and and also stopping you know all liquids at the same time as dinner, otherwise you'd get up during the night and then it's it's you know nightmare to get back into sleep but mm-hmm. so ideally in in the evening, you have some uh good proteins i mean some proteins because um and good fats because they take longer to digest, so mm-hmm. you're typically um fuller for longer, and also mm-hmm. they keep your blood sugar really steady, mm-hmm. so that sometime. When you wake up around three, four in the morning, it could be the fact that you're completely digested and your blood sugar level is so low Mm -hmm. that you wake up because your body is calling for some sugar or something Mm -hmm. to eat. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So uh, a solution to that could be just before going to bed, exceptionally until you fix your diet. (laughs) You have like a teaspoon of something like nut sugar, like peanut butter, Mm -hmm. almond sugar, uh, almond butter or I don't know what nut goes you have. Uh,
0: Barack Obama has seven almonds before he goes to sleep.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's um but the trick with, with nuts is um it's sometime when you we do too much of the same thing, it could be negative and we can accumulate some something like oxalate, for example. Okay which have some side effects. But I, I don't want to go into the mm. <laughs> this negative thing because it's mm. it can be just an exception. Mm. Mm. Okay.
0: So we've now fixed our sleep. Anything else? Stress.
1: If you feel shit. Yeah. Stress. Yeah. If you're eating well, the stress is more about finding a better routine. Okay and building resilience so it could be more about I don't know walking exercising or taking up meditation or some for some women it's just about sharing things or managing the workload or I mean it could be different things for different women Mm -hmm. so it's everyone everyone has a different amount of stress that they're fine with and then it becomes overloads and everyone is different in the way they want to deal with their stress but that's a good idea and and mm-hmm. we have obviously food that helps with that but supplementation like magnesium mm-hmm. is us- usually very beneficial or air theanine as well.
0: Okay so what sort of because there are different kinds of magnesium aren't
1: Yes. There? So
0: can you say a little about that?
1: Um, I tend to use magnesium biglycinate. Mm-hmm. Because it's more absorbed, more easily av- available. So it means that you take it and the body uses it uh, better than all the forms. I mean, it, d- it depends also for what, but but that's the one I would recommend uh, in, in the terms in the um, in the case of stress.
0: Mm. Because magnesium for actually for a lot of menstrual Four. and menopause issues tends to be the sort of catch-all, you know, the cure-all. <laughs> take more magnesium. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you've got a magnesium for constipation and one for brain thing and, and, and the muscle, and it just it's just depends. But, yeah, I think magnesium by, by glycinate, is just, apart from constipation, is, is, is one that is pretty good.
0: Okay. Cool. Um, so maybe, maybe we, it would help if we talked about specifics, so like specific symptoms that come up and how you might supplement for those.
1: Can I, can I come back to your previous question? About, you know yeah. you do all the right thing for the food and, and you start taking supplements and you sleep well and you manage your stress, but you're too tired to exercise, so you, you leave it aside. You still go outside to get the fresh air. Uh, I think if you've done that... Hang on. My delivery. Ah.
0: <laughs> I hope it's something nice.
1: Oh no, I came back from holiday and the tap was, uh, was leaking. Oh, oh sorry very but, Yeah, I don't know if you'll come upstairs or not. But anyway, so what I was saying is if you do everything right from a um, holistic perspective, but you don't get any result or you don't get good result enough, I think you should get to the next stage, which is looking for HRT okay. or anything medical because you can't stay in a, in a place where you don't feel well. Menopause or the menopause transition can last for a few years, and it's not because it it finishes that the symptoms disappear as well. So that's why you really need, or at least it's very important that you try to make the best of the of what is happening, mm-hmm. and by looking for the solution that really suits you.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so you would recommend a visit to the GP or doctor, or uh, hopefully the menopause specialist at the yes. local
1: surgery before you take supplementation. No, I would recommend supplementation before going before. Okay. to the GP. Okay. Right. It's like you do everything holistic right, but supplementation is part of the of the package. Okay. Just yeah, I was just trying to yes. clarify. Okay. Mm. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So maybe if we speak speak to um particular symptoms, what what is the what is the most common thing that your clients present with you?
1: uh for me they mostly come to me for uh weight loss okay and that, that, have...
0: that is a hot topic is it not yes <laughs> so it should isn't... we talk should we talk about menopause <laughs>
1: right. yeah 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 it's a it's a never green topic for women but you know the menopause is just uh, emphasizes even more so yes mm. so what would you like to know <laughs> well
0: i think that weight some weight gain in midlife is um helpful <laughs> and natural and to be why, embraced actually why and do you think
1: it's it's um helpful
0: because i think there's a relationship between um weight loss and bone health and because I think it I think that, in order to weather the identity change of menopause, this thing about shedding our body armor, shedding our protection, it's kind of helpful to have a bit <laughs> to have a bit of fat <laughs> because we are in such a vulnerable place through that time.
1: Okay. Yeah, it's an interesting concept. But nature has also allowed us to produce estrogen from our fat tissues. Mm. Mm-hmm. So that's also very helpful, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you know, it's relative. It's it's not mm. that it's not that extreme. A large amount of weight gain is is never going to be helpful or healthy. But to some extent, I think I think that it, it sort of eases the, the stress and panic to know that it's normal.
1: <laughs> mm. Yeah, but um I read in a in in I mean studies say that we should only gain three pounds mm. during the transition, which is very little weight and it's not- very very few women actually only gained three pounds so, so
0: what, what is normal do you think
1: the the women I, I work with the weight didn't happen during menopause it started before okay and then and then they couldn't lose any weight and they were fed up with that and they just decided that that's it okay,
0: okay. for so most that's a, of that, so that's a different thing so the, yes the, the difficulty is that not that it's going on, that it's gaining more quickly mm. in menopause. It's that yeah. it's yeah. not losing as, it's not going as quickly as they have been used to. Is that, is that?
1: Well, it depends. Right? So, some women, they've always been kind of overweight mm. and they come to the point that now that's it. They just want to get rid of it and they will learn to how to do it properly mm. rather than the quick fixes. Okay. Or they used to be able to put on weight lose weight, you know, very easily because they knew their body, but after, from a certain age, it doesn't work anymore. And mm. they feel stuck.
0: Mm. Mm. Mm.
1: So they want to learn how the, their body works. They want to work with their hormones, understand, you know, how to stop the quick fixes and, and look more at the long-term mm. view. Yeah.
0: So the, the, So that, I imagine that that requires the dietary recommendations that you spoke about earlier yes
1: mm. yeah it is about taking taking the time to make the changes it's about taking like one small step at a time mm-hmm. and it's about yeah learning how the body work and how to respond to it and yeah mm. it's 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 definitely not a quick fix but they're very mm. they, they love it they love to understand you know how nutrition works how nutrition works for them, how their body works, and, and they feel a lot more confident. I mean, obviously happy with the result, but confident that they are going to keep it up, uh, keep it up, and and they, underst- yeah, they understand the whole thing now.
0: Mm. Yeah. I mean, I've, I just feel so soothed and calmed and reassured by hearing that. You know, it, it's so mm-hmm. different to the mainstream dialogue of hysteria about weight. Yeah. So much misery. So perhaps you could give, give us your um, top three supplements and because um, we've talked about
1: magnesium, mm-hmm.
0: what else do you commonly recommend?
1: Magnesium is one of them, definitely, omega-3. Mm-hmm. Really good for inflammation, really good for the brain.
0: So how how would somebody understand if they had inflammation
1: in their system? Um, For example, if they had pain Mm -hmm. or if I can see in their diet that they're definitely not having any fat or if they're very low in oily fish, this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that would be a second one. And the third one, I guess it would depend on the person. Mm -hmm. It could be someone who was... Abusing sugar could be chromium to help stop the sugar craving and ease the transition. That could be super useful, or it could be just a general protein supplement for some women who ha- had very, um, very severe diets in terms of crash diets. You know, trying to lose weight quickly and then they completely cut some groups of of, uh, of foods. And then end up with some deficiency or insufficiency. Then that that would be a, a good one. Okay. But it really depends on, on on the person.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and I, you know, all this comes with provisos that it's mm. we're talking generalizations. And Absolutely, it's I, am, you know, I really I respect your professional integrity, but it's I'm sort of asking the impossible of you to to talk about this stuff. Because it is so personal, and our systems and diets and lives are also unique.
1: Yeah, that's that the thing with nutrition is just answering question is just answering for the majority of women because mm-hmm. you can only always find the person for the, for who for whom this doesn't work. <laughs> And then, and then that's it, you know, you've got it wrong. But you don't have it wrong because you're trying to make a general answer. But it, it's really hard, really, really yeah. hard. Yeah,
0: so I, I'm – thank you. <laughs> thank you for stepping stepping up to do this. <laughs> so um, in terms of um, resources, mm-hmm. where, where can – where do you re- – um, well, your your clients, of course, have you. <laughs> yes. But for people for the for the rest of us who aren't your clients, can you recommend resources where people can educate themselves? Where do we go for really reliable information?
1: That's a really good question. I've actually written a book over the summer that comes out in the UK in January.
0: Yes. And what's
1: it called? It's gonna be called. Gosh, I don't know if I'm allowed to do that. Oh, you're not allowed yet.
0: Okay, well we can we can we can, we can fluff that.
1: Well it, it goes into printing this week and I asked the editor, you know, can I can I share now about and she said, Well, it starts three weeks uh, three months before, you know, the, the big launch. So I'd rather you not oh, yeah, discuss anything. You. So I really want to, but
0: Okay, but well, we'll wait for Severin's book in January. Yes.
1: About, and it's about menopause and food. Yeah, yeah it's it, it, um, it's um going to be a beautiful book. Uh, the oh. first part is about nutrition in general for menopause. Mm-hmm. And the second part is going to be 80 plus recipes. Oh. So breakfast, main meal and snacks and drinks. And yeah. Oh, I'm so, so excited. Looking, so looking forward to that. Yes. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Congratulations. That is thank you.
1: massive. <laughs> it
0: is. Okay. I just couldn't believe that. Oh, fantastic! And and while while we're waiting till January, where do we look?
1: Um, while you're waiting, it's um, what kind of information would be interested in?
0: Well, um, which supplements to take, how much, um, and when? It's all the all the, all the sort of variations um, you were talking about in the beginning.
1: Oh, uh, okay, about supplementation, I. I couldn't recommend anything because it's really personal and only a health practitioner who has okay. studied that mm-hmm. and know your circumstances, will know exactly what to, to suggest. Okay. I know that in some books related around menopause or perimenopause, um, they mention some supplementation, but I, I disagree with the fact. I mean, I agree with them suggesting that, but someone who knows nothing about that I don't understand how they would pick the right, the right dosage, the right everything for them, if it makes sense. Yeah, yeah.
0: So do you, is it worth taking multivitamins for, that are designed, multivitamins in general or multivitamins that are marketed for menopause? What do you think about that?
1: Well, if you've got a really bad diet, yes, definitely. If you have a bad diet. If you have a bad diet or a diet that is, uh, you know, is lacking some some uh, nutrients, yes, mm-hmm. but not on a permanent basis. I would say take one tub a, a quarter, mm-hmm. just just to make sure. But the only way to know really what's your nutrient status is is to take a, a test, mm-hmm. and then you will know for sure what's missing.
0: Right. And that, but that is something, I mean, you can order the test, but you would still need a nutritionist to interpret it
1: though. Theoretically, yes. Yeah. Uh depending on the lab, you will need uh the nutritionist or the practitioner to order the test on your behalf. And oh, okay. then when you receive the results, they would tell you, you know, vitamin A, B, whatever, you know, and, and ways in the range. And then you will know what to supplement with. I mean, which one to supplement. Okay. You wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily know the dosage and everything, but at least you know what, what's missing okay. from your body. Yeah. Okay.
0: And where is your best resource to find a nutritionist?
1: the best results mm-hmm. uh, well i'm not a nutritionist i'm actually a nutritional therapist
0: ah what's the difference
1: it's it's um good, really good question um it's i have no idea <laughs> well actually there is a massive difference between dietitians nutritionists and nutritional therapists
0: Oh my god! And
1: well, what about functional medicine? Because that's all that that's in the bag as well. I mean, like- yeah. Okay. Functional medicine is is um, gosh, such a tricky question. Okay, I am training functional medicine. So basically, functional medicine is a way to understand that when the, when there is something wrong, you don't just deal with the symptoms. You try to understand what is the cause of this issue and you work on the cause so that once you solve the cause, the symptoms disappear. Mm. And that's what we're trying to do as as, um, nutritional therapists, basically. We're trying to understand, okay, a person has acne, so what causes the acne? Mm. And it could be many reasons and the same for depression and so on. So, um, So that's the way to do things. Nutritional therapists believe that the body is... Uh, when there is an issue, the body is in imbalance and using a holistic way to make it whole again. Does it make sense? Mm,
0: a holistic way?
1: Yeah, holistic as in not using any medication. Okay. The only thing we use is... Uh, not- so you look at really. lifestyle and food yeah, and exactly. stress and the whole the relationships and, and-, and, and, and that's the whole uh, functional medicine approach. It's using what's available to heal the body. Well, nutritionists and um, dietitians work more on the way that they follow the the government guidelines. And they're not as people-centered as we are. For us, you know, each person is different and we're trying to understand the whole picture what's going on with the body outside the body Mm. and try to help this person and and really have a a very personalized approach was the dietitians who work in hospital settings and the nutritionists have more of an approach of the government recommends this amount of vitamin d let's do that
0: Mm.
1: on the other hand we would do a vitamin d test find out how much is missing and then uh suggest a supplementation in order to fix the vitamin d deficiency within like three months for example so there are formulas and things like that
0: does it make sense now yes yes Yes. yeah okay so people can choose according to their worldview and how much change they're willing to make in their life
1: yeah exactly and and we like i mean yeah, we like to um, test, to do some testing, to understand you know, where we're coming from and what we need to do because mm-hmm. otherwise there is a bit of guessing. So we do functional testing mm-hmm. to know where we're going and what's the best approach mm-hmm. to try to understand the root cause of things. Okay.
0: And what do you think about um, hair mineral analysis? Do you use
1: that? Um, f- to understand about uh, toxins, it can be useful.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: So let's also talk about,
0: because we're talking about what we're taking into our system nutritionally, let's also talk about toxins, seeing as we've yes. tootled in that direction, because that has a massive impact
1: on our health. For women, yes, the xenoestrogen. Would you definitely. care to
0: talk, talk about what sort of toxins are commonly commonly show up in people's systems? Um,
1: as in heavy metals or
0: well every, everything what 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 sort of toxins show up in our in our bodies in midlife and why and what do we do about it
1: okay so <laughs> basically, basically, no,
0: okay? <laughs> all, it, it's, it's, it's come like come and talk me through Talk to me for an hour or so, <laughs> and i'm like hello please give me the moon not once but twice yes yes. And that's so such a big
1: topic i know toxin is huge because mm. everything basically now is pretty much toxin even the air we breathe here in london there are so many tiny tiny nanoparticles that they, are, they become toxin it's not the same toxin as before but let, let's reframe for women you know in menopausal age um or for people in general so for people in general it's important to know that anything we eat becomes toxins so we need to get rid of it and the body has wonderful ways to de- detoxify uh using um the kidney um the bowel movements uh the skin and um yeah so that's that's the four, three main one mm-hmm. And um, so you can impact the, the detoxification on working on those. So for the kidney, you drink more water. For the bowel movement, you make sure that, you know, your bowel movements are, are, are good and regular. So ideally a minimum of once a day or more if you're more vegan and vegetarian because you will absorb or uh, you will have more fibers in your diet. So you will, really, um, yeah essentially you know get rid of more more material um when it comes to uh, liver detox uh, oh i forgot liver detoxification a big one <laughs> so the liver detoxification is in three phases and then you can impact on on these phases according to the the foods that that you eat so the first one is about making the food that you eat more oh, gosh i can't remember fat soluble i think or oh, not actually okay. I don't remember. That's really bad. That's
0: okay. We can when you remember, you can tell me and I'll put it underneath the
1: Let me Google that. The, uh, oh, really bad. I've not had to explain that for so long. Um tax. Detox yes. Okay, so yes, so the first phase um, is about um, making the toxins more fat-soluble. And the second phase is about making the toxin more, who have become more fat-soluble, more water-soluble so that they can be excreted via the kidney, gallbladder, you know, bowel mm-hmm. and so on. Mm-hmm. And so you can influence on each phase according to what you eat. Uh, so for the first, first phase, because you want them more fat soluble, so you would eat, for example, more vitamin A or D or E, which are typical uh, fat soluble vitamins. And
0: that's in your food,
1: right? Th- that can be in your food or yeah. you can have some certain supplementation for that. Okay. And um, yeah, so that's an example. Mm. And so this is detoxification of the liver and I mentioned the skin. So for the skin, You know, you can do sonar or skin brush, this kind of thing are are really good because the the skin after all is the largest organ of the body in in the area. So that's how we can make sure that that it works well.
0: That's fantastic.
1: Have I answered your question?
0: Um, What about plastics?
1: Oh plastic, okay, so more about the toxin the that senor- we ingest.
0: Xenoestrogen. The
1: xenoestrogen. So basically it's means. it's molecules that are foreign f- from the body, but that mimic the shape or the estrogen molecule. And because of that, the body um, assumes that it's proper estrogen and will bind to the e- estrogen receptor and, mm-hmm. and create ha- havoc because it's not the proper estrogen. Mm. so it, it's like but it won't do the function of it mm. if it makes sense so and then it can trigger a lot of cancers and of got the issues and the best way i mean it's really hard to get rid of, of these toxins so the best way to do it is actually to prevent it by mm. making sure that you're not using plastic uh, i think the worst one is is um, the cling film mm. because uh, once you touch the food then some of the toxin gets from from the cling film into the food so if you have to have cling film, then just don't don't let it touch the food mm. um then yeah you can use some some um glass recipients um try to avoid everything which is non-sticky and instead go for um stainless steel or um the heavy pans mm-hmm. i mean there are a lot of things that you can do but it's 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 a mindset. It's, it's not going to. You have to change the whole thing or nothing. Otherwise, you won't necessarily see the difference. Okay,
0: but it's so worth it.
1: It is so worth it. Yeah, and and while we're discussing toxins, you know the the toxins that are in the water are, are very impressive. So I would highly recommend uh, to invest in a filtered system
0: all right so what, what sort of filtered
1: system do you recommend um the one i use at the moment is berkey but reverse os- uh, as in that's a, the name of a brand which is really okay. good uh How do but there's b-e-r-k-e-y okay right. Thank you. and there's another system uh called reverse osmosis mm-hmm. that also helps with uh removing some toxins it mm-hmm. depends on where you live and, and what you want to remove basically mm-hmm.
0: Mm, okay, I'll put those as links underneath so that people can find them and see what they think. Great. Oh, so I, oh there's so much. We're running out of time and I have so much to ask you. Um. So are, are there particular foods that people can eat to assist with detoxification? I mean, you've talked about skin brushing and you've talked about to- to- detoxifying the liver with various things, but aside from eating protein and yes. um, lots of fruit and veg.
1: Well, that's, a, I mean, to, to make sure that you detox properly, I would say, yeah, the, the very easy one, oh, the one with the skin, uh, the bowel movement and the urine, that's great. But then because of the liver t- detoxification has two phases, you have to make sure that the two phases are, um, are working at the same time because depending on which one is the weakest, you don't want to you want to make sure that they both work optimally at the same time. And so it's really hard to suggest which food to have because the food is going to impact either phase one or phase two. Okay. And so it depends on the person. Again,
0: Where could people find more information about that? Because it sounds really interesting and I'm sure that lots of people would be interested to know about that.
1: Do you mean to know where they are in, in the uh, detox, uh, how their to, liver is to read, working? Yeah,
0: to read more about
1: uh, detoxifying the liver. Oh, gosh. I learned in uh, at college and in in, <laughs> in the research paper. I never read a book about that. Okay. Uh, but the, you would need to do a test to know for yourself what's, where you are. Okay. Uh, I think a good thing would be to do a DNA test, you know, what your genes are telling you, okay. and then a proper uh, test to tell you where you are I, I, on the day and and then work from there all right okay. but again so that's something again, really again it's, need.
0: it's really an individual and yeah. personal process that yeah because i i feel i'm i'm very um suspicious of people who um no i'm not suspicious of people i'm suspicious of the offerings of of um Detox diets and things detox diet and for, detox. Uh, across the board. So anybody anybody can do this, and you you stop eating and then you only eat this kind of food. And I always think, well, really? Is that safe for everyone? I it just feels it feels to me like punishment, like we want to somehow punish ourselves for whatever perceived evil mm. evil thing that we've been eating whether
1: we've been eating sugar or alcohol. i, I think what it it's not really a detox it just unburdens the body of 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 a few things so mm. it is just helps your body digest better because you're removing so many of the tox, the the well-known toxin like sugar and alcohol and coffee and all that so in a way you detoxify your body but essentially you're not really detoxifying the way you intend intend it to be because you're not doing it in depth you're doing it sufficiently superficially yeah yeah
0: okay and what do you think about intermittent fasting is gaining a lot of traction and sarah is it sarah got got
1: feed, um, yes got is is writing this.
0: Yeah. Yes. new book is about this what well, well, can you say something about
1: that yeah so intermittent fasting is i believe is, is is a good tool for women uh because when we have a cycle we don't necessarily uh, feel eating as much or the same thing uh depending on the days of the cycle so it's 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 a good thing the only problem with that is that it can, backfire. it can backfire big time depending on your condition. For example, if you have a thyroid condition or if you have like a blood sugar dysregulation condition, that's something you may not consider. Or if you want to consider it, just go slowly into it. Just not decide, you no, know, one day you eat whenever and then following day you do the 16-8 hours. 168 uh, um, uh, window because it's going to sort out or everything. No, because you might faint or you might feel so bad that it's not going it to make any It makes
0: me faint thinking
1: about. it. <laughs> yeah, I had I had I um, had a consultation with with someone one day and she said that she tried and she almost fainted in the train because. Mm. She started from scratch from a very bad place. I'm like, oh, good. Well, it's great that you realize and you stop that, and now you're willing to get help and getting on the right track. But I, I think it's useful. I think it's it's if you can get into it, it's it's about listening to your body and what it needs. And sometimes when you realize that actually leaving a window of not eating longer than the window you're eating is good for the body because it can rest, it can digest, it can repair what the body needs to repair. Mm. So I'm a proponent of that, but not for everyone. Mm.
0: Mm. And to go gently.
1: Yeah, and to go gently. And not everyone wants to give up breakfast, you know, <laughs> or dinner.
0: I like breakfast. Can you imagine that? Breakfast is my favorite meal because there are so many lovely
1: things to eat. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, actually, that's what I'm giving up so easily because... I get. To do, I have to do so much in the morning. Like breakfast is just like yeah, hardly any time to do it. to oh, eat. Oh right. Oh no. I'm, I'm... But, but I got used to it. So now it's it's fine. And yeah. and I have lunch like in late morning, not not at lunchtime. Okay. So I'm fine mm-hmm. with that.
0: Yeah, I I think that illustrates beautifully that everybody it's something everybody needs
1: something different. Exactly. And actually, a lot of women don't feel hungry in the morning. And they force their se- themselves to eat because they've heard that breakfast is the most important uh, meal of the day. And in a way, I agree that the first meal of the day is the more important, mm. but it's counterproductive to force yourself to eat when you're not hungry because your digestion is not going to be um, in place. I mean, mm. you, need, you need your um, digestive um, enzyme to digest. And if you're not hungry, you're not going to produce them. Mm -hmm. so i always what i'm telling them is just okay if you're not hungry in the morning just don't eat and then as we work together they start getting hungry in the morning i say wait perfect just just eat now and Mm -hmm. then everything is runs much smoother and for Mm -hmm. some of them they're just never hungry from the beginning to the end and and say fine you know you've managed your health your health goals and you're happy and so i'm happy with it too everyone is different i I keep telling them
0: So before we close the conversation, could you give us one, your best tip for a happy menopause and a happy inner life? What is your favourite happy food? (laughs) It doesn't have to be food.
1: Oh, So you want a thought or you want a food? (laughs) Whatever you fancy. Okay, so... Both!
0: (laughs) I'm asking for the
1: moon, then. Okay, no problem. Okay, so... My favorite happy food now is uh, a piece of beef. Mm-hmm. It used to be chocolate for dark chocolate. It used to be dark chocolate for a very long time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But in the last six months, I realized that I really enjoy uh, beef. And I've studied why. Why am I suddenly attracted to things? And it looks like, you know, my body needs that. And yeah, grilled beef is just my favorite. and. Um, For me, the big piece of advice I would give about menopause or perimenopause is just to accept that we're entering a new phase and things are going to be different and you've got two choices. You can just regret your whole life or build a new one even better. Mm. And it's all about mindset. And it's it's an amazing opportunity to do the things that you may not have done before Mm. and... um, yeah, you've got the choice to regret or to look forward to it, so.
0: Choose well, people. (laughs) If you want to have a listen to Severin's excellent interviews and information on her YouTube channel, just go to YouTube and search for Severin Manem and you spell her name S-E-V-E-R-I-N-E then M-E-N-E-M, Severin Menem. And her website is severinmenem.com and her Instagram handle is severin, is at Severin Menem. that's all one word. But I'm really curious, what small change could you make in your diet today? You could have an extra glass of water or half an avocado. What are you going to do? what could you do today please let me know jump over on instagram where you can find me at kate underscore codrington i'd love to hear your thoughts on this and if you like this episode please be generous share it all over the shop with your friends your aunties your colleagues be generous because they need to know this stuff too and i'll see you very soon for another episode of inside job